Well, go ahead, be seated. Thank you very much. <clears throat> what a wonderful presence of Jesus when we just love him with all of our attention and recall who he is and how good he is. I mentioned to you that we have a guest this morning. This individual was in our first service with St. John's Lutheran. In fact, we've been introduced to him and his ministry through them. And so we got to hear him speak already in first service with them. And now he's here with us. Uh, you see this? There's socks. Yeah. And there's different kinds of shoes. And there's, yeah. Yeah, I like doing, this is what charismatics do. They don't, they don't do this in first service. Yeah, some shoes. Those are neat. Ooh, those aren't like torn up or anything. These are, these are new. That's a style. It's like holes. You can buy jeans with holes in them now. Uh, I wasn't, I, I never made that conversion. I didn't understand that. But uh, you can, <laughs> I, I digress. But anyway, this ministry, uh, Tig spelled like tiger, Tig is going to tell you all about holy kicks. And he was a kick this morning, and I want him to come now and introduce uh, his family. His, well, it didn't catch who you are. If you're a girlfriend or a wife or whatever, so I'm going to, I digress, I'm going to let him take care of that and not mess with things this morning. Live stream audience, I want to remind you, please get your... Uh, communion elements together, which we'll be doing at the end of service. And also, if you have a prayer request, text it. Start texting now, 720-878-3323. And without anything further, I will pull this out of your way because he'll just knock it over. Fantastic, guys. Yeah, I'm Ty. It's so good to be here uh, with you today. And uh, hello to friends in TV land. Um, I'm pretty familiar with the TV world. I was on channel uh, Fox 31 yesterday and Channel 2 doing a, a live interview. So I've got skills for going live, I will tell you. So uh, um, talking about Holy Kicks, and it was super, super fun hookup. I've had that opportunity a few times before and um, a real joy. So but fun to be here. This is, uh, it's good to be with you. And, and it is fun to be with, I, I come from a, Luth I'm a Lutheran pastor. I have been for a hundred years and it's really not my gig. I'm always trying to get out of the church biz and I've been in it since a boy. And so you guys are really more my people, a little interaction, a little bit of feedback, a little movement, I'm not afraid of some hand movement. I'm not a fan of liturgy and all the things that Lutherans love, but, uh, so it's good to be here with you. And, um, well, a couple things. I'm going to tell you about Holy Kicks a little bit. I'm going to tell you about uh, what we do, and I'm going to connect that up to some of the calling in our life and give you a little bit of invitation and challenge. I'm always about invitation and challenge, a little a model that Jesus used of loving on people and then putting them on the ropes. That's what Jesus was always doing. He's like, hey, you're good. I love you. Now what? Right? Uh, so I love to do that, and um, maybe we'll have a little bit of an interaction. And um, I come from a um, a, a preaching tradition, most Lutheran pastors preach around 12 minutes and they manuscript and they stand behind a pulpit. I've never done that. Um, and so when I talked to Pastor Jeff and he said, oh, Ty, you got like 30 minutes. I'm like, great. That's my sweet spot anyway. So uh, my gal, Kara here, um, I met Kara uh, about three years ago and um, really we're just partners in life and we talk about all those things. We recently bought a house together. We're pretty, uh, we're fairly in at this moment. We cleaned our garage together yesterday. So that is a victory for sure. Um, and we met, we met through a, a, a beautiful way in life and we had lived up here in Denver just a couple miles apart and some friends introduced us who said, We've, I've got the one for you and it turns out to be true. So we're super happy uh, about that. And Kara um, drags around with me to, to congregations as I preach, and, and uh, she's been in every Lutheran church in the metro area over the last couple of years. So, um, But first, I'm going to tell you the story that you're familiar about, and then we're going to weave that into what Holy Kicks does. And so it's, a, it's the story of the Good Samaritan, and it actually is, was the lectionary text today um, in 
traditional churches, really most uh, Episcopalian and Methodist and, and uh, uh, Lutherans and Roman Catholics probably would have had that within a couple weeks of the Good Samaritan. That may be a story you're familiar with, but if you're not, I'm going to tell it to you real quick. So there's this guy, he's a lawyer, he loves to talk about the law. And he comes to Jesus, who, smartest guy ever, knows stuff about how God works. And he asked Jesus, he said, hey, what do I need to do, you know, to, to get eternal life? He wants the good things of the faith, right? Sometimes we're so focused on the good things, the outcome of the faith, we, we miss the moment. And this guy wanted the, the end result. And, um, you know, turns out that he says to Jesus, they have this conversation about upholding the law, which is loving God and loving neighbor. The guy's done both of those things. He's loved God and he loves neighbor. Jesus says, yeah, that's cool. But then the guy decides to fight a little bit. And he wants to know what Jesus, he's like, he pushes him a little bit, you know. And um, he wants to know who his neighbor really is. So Jesus tells him this story. And the crazy thing is, is that Jesus had just been kicked out of Samaria, this town that didn't really welcome Jews. And they had been... um, he tells them a story. Uh, it's a parable, which it means it's, it's a story about how God works, but it's not maybe a thing that's actually happened. And he, the story goes like this. There's a couple church workers. One's a priest. He knows all the things. And the other is a Levite, a, a priest helper. And there had been this guy who had been beaten, robbed, had his clothes torn off him. He's, he's in a bloody mess, and he's in a ditch. He's dying. He's moaning, he's struggling, he's unto death. Now, the priest and the Levite, they would have had rules which would say they can't get near somebody bloody and definitely a dead body. They'd, be, they'd become unclean. they got these crazy church rules about what's cool or not cool. It's a church rule. Church rule. And it's, you know, it's all in the Bible. <laughs> but it's a rule, and sometimes... The things in the scriptures will hang on to sometimes in the wrong way. And so they do the right religious thing. They walk on by because they're not supposed to gear near the guy that's struggling. He's crying out for help. But the next guy is from a place that nobody likes, Samaria. He's literally from the wrong side of the religious tracks. And he comes by. He sees this guy, and he decides to do something about it. And he approaches the man, and he cleans his wounds. He anoints him with wine and oil. He kind of sets him apart like he's important. Literally pours out his wealth upon him. He bandages him. He puts him on his own, his own, uh, his own ride, and he, he takes him to an inn, a fancy place. He stays with him for a day, He pays for him, and then he tells the innkeeper, he says, here's the deal, I want you to take care of him, I'm going to come back, I'm going to check in some period of time, and I'll pay you whatever it costs you. And then when Jesus gets to the end of the story, he says to the guy, he says, you know, so which one do you think was the neighbor? And he says, well, I guess the guy that showed him mercy, and Jesus says, you You've answered correctly. Go and, and do the same thing. Go and do the same thing. See, this life of following Jesus is problematic because it always comes with a go. <laughs> right? It always comes with a go. And, you know, and, we, and sometimes as, as people of faith, we always like the come. Right? And I, I'm, a, I'm an Instagrammer. I promote Holy Kicks all the time. Beth started following me years ago. And, and she posts pictures of her beautiful children. I pick, post pictures of uh, shoes, you know. Um, and I always say, Beth, on uh, my Instagram, you never see pictures of Taco or what Kara are doing. Oh, Brooke, what am I saying? Brooke, I'm just throwing out wrong names here. So as Betty says here, uh, Brooke, I'm so sorry uh, uh, um, about that. Um, and uh, I get these Instagram feeds of church plants all the time. And the church plants are always saying, come and hang out with us. We're authentic. We're real. This Saturday, this Sunday, come and experience good worship. <laughs> I'm always like, okay. And, uh, 
that's often the word that we put out as people of faith, is the come. But Jesus is always with the go. And so I want to tell you a little bit about the importance of the go today. And the thing is with the go is it sets us in motion with people sometimes that don't look, think, smell, or act like us, right? Don't look, think, act, or smell like us. And that is sometimes uncomfortable, right? It's sometimes maybe not what we feel like we need to do. And in order to have impact in the world, we've got to have some chemistry with folks. We absolutely do, you know? We absolutely do. But... The push for us is actually in the doing of the go. And that's why Jesus has a story of the Good Samaritan. He wants to push this guy to say, like, hey, you can do church things, you can do faith things, but it might not change the world. And what Jesus is often looking for is the doing. Actually in changing the world to look more like the kingdom of God. That's why he keeps saying the kingdom of God is like. It's like this. It's like that. These little snippets to say this is, this is what we want God's world to look like. I'm a big, I got pretty shaky faith. It's amazing. Lutheran theologians or Lutheran pastors are great theologians. I'm not one of them. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm not a like, you know, you can't, if you found my office, you would find no stacks of books. I've read them, but I throw them out when I'm done. I'm not a guy, I'm not one who says, like, come and look at all the things I've read. I'm not that guy. And uh, that's cool. I'm not opposed to that, uh, to all of your fancy books, Jeff. Uh, walls, yeah, because he's a Lutheran pastor. He's a Lutheran, yeah, he's a Lutheran pastor. They're obligated. They're absolutely obligated. Now, when you Zoom call, when pastor, Lutheran pastors Zoom call, they always have all the books behind them. <laughs> You know, I'm like, but what when the earthquake comes, you'll be, you'll die under your pile of books. Um, and uh, the, the acts of faith are not so much up here, but always here. And it engages our hands and our feet. I mean, you know, God loves the knower, but just for a little bit of time. It's in the knowing that pushes us to the moving. And that's why he tells this guy, hey, that's great that you know to love God and love neighbor, but I want to see what you're up to. I want to see what you're up to. And, um, you know, I was in the church for many, many years. I could have retired down in Monument where I was, uh, the land of the white and the rich. My whole congregation was full of ex-fighter pilots. If you've seen Maverick, if you once saw Maverick, like my whole congregation was full of uh, not Navy pilots, but Air Force pilots. And I just hung out with one this week. I just hung out with one this week. That was an F-15 uh, fighter pilot. And, um, but, you know, my heart was never quite there. My heart has always been with people that much of the world thinks don't look, smell, act, or think like them. And so I have spent much of my adult life hanging out with people who live on the street. People who hang out and rent really, really rough motel rooms. People that live in situations of struggle economically. Uh, I always say all my friends are felons. <laughs> all my friends are felons, right? Most of my friends are addicts of some sort, you know? Um, and I have spent, uh, I spent a lot of time in the street in Colorado Springs working there and um, spending time there. And I'd always come back to my congregation with stories about what I was up to. And I'm really good at doing those things alone. Uh, ultimately in life, I'm built to be a loner. I, I, I seem like I'm super... Um, gregarious and super extroverted, but I'm pretty good at doing things alone. And one of the things I learned is I, I was loving the world a long time good at alone, but I wasn't bringing anybody to do what I did. Now, that's a terrible model of discipleship because <laughs> Jesus is always bringing people with him, enabling them to do what he does, right? That's why Jesus says you'll be able to do greater things than me. He brings people along and shows them how to do it. And that's a really important thing for us as people of faith. If we're changing the world, we got to show people how we do it. we got to bring people along to do what 
we do. I remember the first time I ever came here, Nina was doing the announcements when she was uh, working for the church before uh, Brooke, uh, Brooke or Beth um, uh, quit. And, um, and uh, I remember that, uh, Brooke, I remember when I was here and uh, Nina did like these announcements, like maybe the second time I was here or something, I was like, oh my God, that girl talks good. <laughs> and I remember telling Wes afterwards, like, holy cow, that skills like I feel like she's preaching. Like I wanted to listen to what she said. He goes, Oh Tug, she's actually a pastor. I'm like, ah. <laughs> of course she smells that way. Why can't I talk that way? And what I did is I watched her that day and I'm like, man, how do you how how's a girl not yammer all the time? You know, like I'm like come off on the TV yesterday, and I'm, I'm lucky. I'm a cusser, and I'm always like just glad I didn't say the wrong word, you know. And I brush up against people like this, and I say, "How do you do what they do? Because they do it well." And that's all Jesus is doing. And what I started to realize is I was pretty good at being folks experiencing homelessness, but I wasn't teaching anybody else how to do it. And so what I started to do was change the way that I lived. Literally changed the way that I lived. And I started bringing people into my life in a different way. Created uh, some missional community where I started eating together and spending time together with people to say, this is how we love the world. Started working not just loving leaders on the street, but developing leaders on the street, right? To say, not, not, hey, let me just come down and hang out with you, but how could, what do you want for yourself on the street? What kind of leadership do you want? And I just started finding out ways to do it. And so I started building some people to do that. It's really the act of discipleship. Now, I'm terrible at tons of things in the world, <laughs> but I'm pretty good with folks who live homeless because I'm pretty cool with addicts. I'm pretty cool with felons. I've never been in the joint except for on the other side, right? I've never been addicted, but I get it a bit. And I'm comfortable with those things. I'm really comfortable with face tats. I'm really comfortable with things that a lot of people find scary in the world. And quite a few years ago, um, there was some tragedy in my life that looked a lot like death. And this uh, death of uh, my longtime uh, my longtime girl um, kind of gave me this crazy gift to take on the life that I wanted to have. So I found a way. I moved to North Aurora. I started working on the street as a street pastor. My national church um, offered to help me out a little bit to make a really, uh, really terrible living uh, at doing that. And... Um, I started just developing rhythms along the Colfax Corridor in North Aurora, and I started meeting people and loving the world. I'm a non-proselytizing. No one is ever going to heaven from what Ty Taylor told them on the street. I'm a terrible pastor that way. But the people that run into me know that they are loved and that they're valued and that they matter. One of my friends this week that I saw, um, her name is Tiny. I'm going up to a, a Lutheran camp here this week that's collecting some shoes for us, and I, uh, as I um, uh, go up there, I'm, I would love to bring some of my street buddies to literally teach these kids about homelessness and some things like that, but um, it's probably not the best environment because none of my friends can make it more than an hour without smoking. And uh, um, Rainbow Trail Lutheran Camp has all these rules against smoking. And um, so what I've done is I'm putting together just a little series of videos about my friends talking about homelessness and holy kicks and things. And one of my friends this week, <clears throat> um, I just showed a little video to Kara. Um, she's a, a, a beautiful human. And, um, her name is Tanisha. And she goes by Tiny. And um, on her video, she talks about the life that she has on the street and the life of prostitution and the family that she grew up in. And her mother was a prostitute. And she learned to prostitute from her mom. It's a gift to give your kid, right? That's a, that's, there are things we can give to our kids, but that's a tough one. And she's 45 now. Her big victory in life lately feels like because she hasn't prostituted for a couple months now. For the first time in her adult life. She's feeling that's a victory. And as I was talking to her the other day, sitting down, she told me two things. And this is, this is a word of encouragement to you. There are other street pastors who hang out on Colfax. 
And the thing, what Tiny told me this week is she said, Tiger, what, what we love about you is you understand us. You get street life. Now, I've never <laughs> lived on the street. I go back to my fancy home. I go back to my fancy home now that where Karen and I have a really clean garage now. But the difference is I haven't spent the time on the street to tell people about what they need to believe, think, and act. I just love people the way they are thinking, acting, and believing. And because of that, I get access to their lives. And this week, Tiny made a video with many of my street friends at different times that are going to go teach high school kids to think differently about the people that they see. And instead of making jokes about girls who prostitute on Colfax, they might realize that those women have a heart and a story that matters. That Samaritan, all he did was just simply engage that person on the side of the road. He just walked up to him, literally provided what that guy needed in the moment. He didn't walk up to him and say, hey, what did you do to get in this situation? What did you do to get beat up, robbed? Were you in the wrong place, wrong time? Did you deserve this? He just said, I see you. I have something that may help you in the moment. You know, as people of faith, often, you know, we're, we're, we're at an impression that we can fix people. We can get them better. If they're in, what better looks like is usually if they're like me. <laughs> like, you know, like I think what will help people be better is more sarcasm and humor, right? You know, that's not always helpful to everybody, right? That's not always helpful. I mean, you got to go with, you know, how God built you. But that openness that this guy had to a complete stranger that he was literally not supposed to love healed that man and made him well. Healed him and made him well. God's intention for the world is wellness, healing, redemption, life out of death. Our God brings dead things to life. And often the way that happens is by how we love the world. I'm a believer that I believe God works through people. Almost all the healing in my life has come by someone loving me, caring for me, physically, emotionally, mentally. Like I would have given up without care. I lived in the hood, and it was hard. And I was making some bad choices, and Kara came along my life and just started walking with me, and vice versa. She'd be a mess without me, trust me, you know. And so what God is doing is always putting us into motion with other people, right? And sometimes they're least likely characters. If you met Tiny, you would say, Tiny, is that somebody you would normally hang out with? You know, Tiny and I have way different lives. We don't look the same. We talk a little different. Our issues are different. But our connection is just seeing one another. And so for me, as I came up to be, uh, to start working as a street pastor, I met a guy in my alley at really one of the roughest alleys in North Aurora. I, I walk around alleys for a living where I hang out and meet people and do things. And uh, it's, it's crazy, but it's cool. I love being in alleys. And I met a guy um, named Rodney in my alley before I'd even... Uh, made an offer on this house that I bought in Aurora on a block that one of uh, the earlier members said, Tag, I used to work in a group home in North Aurora on Boston Street. I'm like, where at? She said, oh, it's right by the park. I'm like, yeah, that was my park. <laughs> that was my park. And I met a guy named Rodney in the alley, and he said, well, you know, what do you plan? I said, I'm just coming to the neighborhood. Just, I don't even have an agenda. I'm just coming here to love people, and I don't know what's going to happen. And he says to me, after a little conversation, the cool thing, you knew he's a man of authority because he was a street guy wearing a bow tie he had found. <laughs> I've never met a guy on the street wearing a bow tie or ever a tie, but he was. And he says to me, you know, I, you know, I always wanted to walk in the shoes that Jesus walked in. 
But I suppose you can only walk in the shoes that God gives you. I always wanted to walk in the shoes that Jesus gave you, but I suppose you can only walk in the shoes that God gives you. And within hours, I came up with this idea for Holy Kicks. I made the name. I got online. I made a, a business license. And I'm like, I'm going to start a shoe nonprofit. I never had that plan in my life. I hate people doing their own things. I always say, just jump on board with another nonprofit doing something good. You don't need to start fresh. But I'm not a good follower, so I did it. <clears throat> and it was slow going. I had to work for another nonprofit at first. I ran a shower trailer in order to make a living. And <clears throat> um, but and then two years ago, I quit that job with an organization called Aurora Warms the Night where I ran a drop-in center and a shower trailer. And, and um, two years ago, I was at about 400 pairs of shoes we'd given away in a year and a half. But as of today, we've given away 7,078 pairs of shoes. Yeah. And the way that we do that is through the mercy and generosity of others. So people come alongside of us. Tomorrow we'll be down at... Um, Douglas County Sheriff's Office. Um, I keep, you know, getting, I find that cops do nice things for holy kicks, which is interesting because all of my friends have been arrested. <laughs> all of my friends have been arrested. And um, um, we'll be down at Douglas County Sheriff's Office. They're doing a big shoe drive for us, and, and hopefully um, many folks come, come out in Castle Rock to provide us with new kicks. But what we do is we take brand new tennis shoes. And we work alongside of all kinds of situations. We work in lots of Title I schools where most of the kids are on free or reduced lunch. And we will work this last week. We're at Smith Road Women's Shelter. Um, in about uh, two weeks, we'll be with an Aurora Housing Authority. Um, last week, we were also at uh, an apartment complex with Colorado Coalition for the Homeless. Um, We'll be doing a big event coming up here in August with a group called Amigos de Mexico. We'll work with all kinds of organizations that simply work with people experiencing homelessness and economic disparity where just simply a brand new pair of shoes is a gift, a little ease of the burden of life. And all Holy Kicks does is just see something and do something about it. Now, there's all kinds of great nonprofits out there that change the world. They're way better than ours. Ours is just so simple. We just say, is a new pair of shoes helpful? And for most people struggling economically, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Sometimes we'll get grandmas that come up to us, and they'll have like their four grandbabies, you know. They'll be like, oh, my gosh, mom's in jail. Here's the situation. I'm raising these kids. You have no idea how great it is to get a brand new pair of shoes. We always say, especially to kids, we don't give away Jordans, but the good news is your brother's foot's never been in this shoe. And to get something brand new, uh, some people had mentioned uh, at worship, they'd saw, that, saw the, our little TV bit yesterday, and my second interview was better than the first. Uh, and at the second interview, one of the things she said was, you know, what do you hear back from kids? And I gave this story of a couple months ago. <coughs> I was at North Middle School, which is on Montview and Peoria. And uh, it's, on, you know, uh, it's a hard area to live. And well, a lot of parents are struggling economically and, and um, emotionally there. And this, this, um, this, big kid, this big eighth grade kid, he's a little sweetheart. Um, for some reason, there was kind of a special order. We don't have to do special orders, but I got called in by the school liaison to do a couple pairs of kicks there. And this kid came into the office, and he tried on the pair of shoes with the school liaison there. And, um, and you know, not, we don't give away the most expensive pair of shoes. You know, we, we, don't, we can't afford that. But you get, put on these brand new sneakers, and he says to me, can I wear these all day? Can I wear these all day? Like, yeah, dude, you, you can wear them as long as you want. They're yours. They're yours. This kid gets a free pair of kicks from a complete stranger, from a guy that doesn't look like him. And simply says, are these really mine now? Now, we're not changing the world. We're not healing uh, cancer. <laughs> we're not, you know, fixing people's situations. We just say, here's a little bit of an ease in the moment. 
But what we find with Holy Kicks is the joy of putting on a new pair of kicks changes how you feel here. We had this old dude. Jeff, I'm going to have you uh, pull up those pics now, bro. <clears throat> and uh, you can just kind of scroll through them, you know, just about 10 seconds at a time. Um, but I think one of the pics that you guys will end up seeing here is a picture of this old guy. He's on an oxygen tank. And he's struggling physically for sure. And um, this was at the coalition last week. And <clears throat> he puts on these shoes. He wouldn't stop pointing at them. He's like, he thought he looked so cool in those shoes. And he really did. He really did. And what we find with Holy Kicks is it just simply changes people's demeanor a bit. The joy of a brand new pair of shoes. That dude right there. Look at that guy. <laughs> now what's crazy, he's not just mugging for the picture. That's how he was rolling. And I had to help him. His feet are a little swollen and uh, um, you know, usually at, at events, um, we have, I'll tell you how we, we get friends to help at events, but, you know, I had to widen those shoes out the best I could, and he absolutely, look how that dude is dressed. He wears pants over the pants, right? Like, I mean, this dude is a hipster, and what it did for his heart was really big in the moment. I don't think he's going to get to the end of his life, and when we kick dirt in his face, he's going to say, I remember that one time. But at least this time, it meant something. And that's, I really think, all Jesus ever wants from us. Just how we paying attention to the world around us and engaging in such a way that we're, we're just easing the pain, the suffering. Often in the moment, life is just a series of little moments put together on the journey. One of the things we do at Holy Kicks events, um, is we use a lot of leadership. I say I raise my money in the suburbs, but I get the leader, we get leadership off the street. And one of the things we do is we find lots of leadership are folks that I, I literally met experiencing homelessness. And um, folks that may have received a pair of kicks from us suddenly become the kick providers at events. Now, most of my friends cannot pass a background check. <laughs> I'm only ever looking for one offense on there. And if you pass that one, you're welcome to work with us. And, um, and uh, because we think what's redeemable is not your actions of the past, but your heart of the moment is all that matters. And our friends know the life of what it means to, to receive mercy from others. And it's pretty powerful at an event to see guys I met that once lived on the street or were out of the joint or can barely afford to pay their, their phone bill, get on their knees and put a pair of shoes on somebody's feet. Often another person experiences homelessness, sometimes a child. And the joy of what it means to be a part of a team is life-changing for my street buddies. Holy Kicks is all about <coughs> walking with one another. And I believe in life that every one of us has people that have walked with us, and we've got people that we're walking with, right? We've all got mentors, and we all got people that we're mentoring. It's the Jesus way. That's how Jesus does things, right? And Jesus learned to be... Uh, 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 you know, uh, a carpenter. I'm one who believes Jesus was probably a brick mason, but um, a carpenter is tradition. You know, learned the trade from his father, right? Like we learn from somebody else. Jesus took those same ways that he learned from both his heavenly father and his physical father than to teach other people to do what he did. We've all got this pecking order, and all I do with holy kicks and I just take a little of my chutzpah and experience, and all I am is I'm the least traumatized amongst my friends on the street. That's why I can make an, an impact. I'm the least traumatized of friends on the street. doesn't mean I got all my stuff together. It just means I'm the least traumatized. And when we put ourselves into situations to teach others, when we open our heart to teach other people what we can do, they can suddenly do what we do. 
They can suddenly do what we do. Tomorrow, one of the leaders I'm bringing down to this situation at um, Denver County Sheriff's Office is a woman who's been arrested many times. I think she's had 50-some felony accounts charged against her over time. And my friend Jamie, who's coming down with us tomorrow, um, she used to steal shoes for a living. You steal shoes, she could actually, her claim to fame is she could walk into Sam's Club, steal an entire large screen TV on a printout that she had in her purse, walk right out, and they would print off acting like she had bought it, but it was just a roll of paper she had stolen previously, and she had a printer in her purse to make it happen. And, uh, but tomorrow, Jamie is one of my initial leaders, and for a girl that used to steal shoes and, and resell them on Craigslist, um, Jamie is one of our leaders, not afraid to go to the cop station and receive shoes from cops, right? Like that's redemption, right? All I've done is invest in Jamie's life. I'm one of many mentors in her life, but for somebody to say like, hey, you know what? I know you used to steal things for a living. Guess what? I trust you with this. <laughs> Here's the key to our storage unit. I trust the shoes will be here when I get back. Like that's how God looks at us. That's why God pushes his life up against the brokenness and suffering of our lives and says, you are worthy, you matter. And so at Holy Kicks, as we go about um, doing events, um, you know, one of the things that I, uh, that I always do when I'm doing a little shout-out for Holy Kicks and talking about the life is uh, always encouraging people how you can get involved. Um, I'm a nonprofit guy, so my hands are always open. I'm super needy for money. <laughs> That's how we do it. We don't get big grants or government grants or anything. We just uh, live off of the generosity of, of others to do what we do. Um, I do get a little bit of a salary from Holy Kicks, but it is uh, far from enough to live off of. I will tell you that. I can really live off of my savings to, uh, to make things happen. And uh, lucky I'm in a place in life where I'm willing to go all in because of Rodney's vision. Rodney kind of jacked up my whole life, actually. I'd be having money right now if it wasn't for stupid Rodney and his bow tie. Um, <clears throat> but that's how God works. And so we, um, on our website, is always a great place to donate to us uh, financially. We always receive new kicks. We're super grateful for our partnership here to bring home some new kicks. We're so thankful for that. We'll put those on the right feet. Um, you're always welcome to, to create a shoe drive with family or friends. Um, often families will uh, even, uh, you know, for like for a birthday, rather than say, hey, do this, buy a couple new pairs of kicks. We're going to donate them to Holy Kicks and change a kid's life. Um, we often do events like one of those pictures you've seen people in the storage unit prepping shoes. That's a place where I come storage parties. Uh, a little bit of a time, a good place to get uh, together some uh, friends and come over and prep shoes. Um, it does, on one hand, it doesn't seem that hard to uh, do get a few pairs of shoes on somebody's feet, but by the time the shopping, the prep work done, the event, it's a bit of a suffer fest to tr translate one pair of shoes on somebody's feet. Um, so we're always looking for partnerships uh, this way. If you are a Facebooker or an Instagrammer, I encourage you to follow us on, on those. You'll be able to see what it is that we do and um, see some of the life and the movement, and I often post kind of inspirational videos on there as well. So I want to thank you guys just for having me today. Just encouragement for you in the world to uh, just simply pay attention to what's going on around you. You know, who are, the, who are the folks that are bloody and messy, not just on the side of the road, but maybe even in your own life, in your own circle, that God's simply saying, you know, I think you're worth it. I think you matter. Let me brush up my life upon you. Do something about it. So, thanks. Well, that's like the most important sermon that's been shared all year here. <laughs> oh, I took notes. I don't know if people normally take notes in your meetings. I took notes. I call it gathering. I, I have to do that all week long because of my varied, you know, careers. And I, I gather and then I try to come and say something intelligent on Sunday. And I don't know if I've said anything all year that, that, that was that intelligent. Because always in that mercy and that, that invitation is now go and share it. Go, touch a life, go. Wow. Well, so 
Um, how many lives could you transform this morning? Right? You have means of giving through our ministry. You can text to give. That number is going to be on the screen here. Text to give. Just designate it. Say this is, this is going completely to Tig and Holy Kicks. All right? Or you can send it in to us. Or you can go to Tig's website, Holy Kicks, and donate directly there. Or you can do, participate in what I'm about to tell you, which is I'd like to receive an offering. We had already designated we were going to give you something. But I just think we ought to receive an offering. So I know that's not usual. I don't know if I've received an offering in three years since coming here. <laughs> so do we even have envelopes anymore? <laughs> we just tell people, you know, on your way out, there's a basket if you are so led. Uh, so we're going to hand you an envelope. This is not an obligation. But if you feel like the Holy Spirit or God or just a, a thought prompted you just now, you know, that's something I could, that's a way I could be involved is just to give something to help Tig with this effort. Oh, and he would accept shoes. So if they actually have shoes, how do, how do they get shoes to you? If somebody says, you know, I have a couple pairs of shoes I haven't even put on yet. I bought last year. How would they, how would they get those to you? Yeah, brand new shoes only is what we take. Uh, have to be brand new is our deal. An easy way to do that, especially if you're connected with a church like here, is bring them in here, you know, drop them off to the office, and uh, that person there will always get in touch with us to, uh, to get. If somebody does a large load, I'll meet you halfway. You can come to storage and drop those off, and uh, um, we'll say yes. You can always reach out to me personally through the website. Um, my phone number is available on there as well. But always, if you drop them off the church, every church administrator knows how to get a hold of me, so... And then if anybody that's been listening to this, and we have a much larger audience that's been watching via live stream, okay? Uh, Facebook, YouTube, and then uh, our live stream over BoxCast and our website. Tens of people have seen this this morning. Um, if they're saying, you know what, that just really speaks to me. That I mean, I, I find in what... Tig is doing more meaning right now in how I could express my faith than anything I've heard in a long time. Could they be a volunteer? Yeah, how would they do that? Yep. Same, same thing. Uh, those individuals can uh, reach out to me personally. Um, we do on the website. You can, yeah, my email's on there. Um, I can hook you up with uh, a couple opportunities to come and volunteer um, at different style of events, either with kids or adults. Um, my random events on the street are usually I just take care of with street friends, but um, we'll have events that happen a couple times a month. Those are places where we always have a couple volunteers that come, and uh, our storage parties are always easy places. That's where most of our work has to happen, and uh, I can uh, put them in motion with a couple other folks. Okay, perfect. Who, who do we make checks to? So if you're in here right now, instead of making, trying to make it out to Holy Kicks or just make it out to Genesis, uh, or if you're giving cash, obviously that. Everything that we find back here in, in the basket, we're giving to Tyke, okay, plus what we had uh, already determined to give, okay? So, uh, yeah, yeah. Nina, you want to come sing and close us out in song? <laughs> no, she doesn't do that. <laughs> she does not do that. We mentioned to you communion. Jim, come ahead, and uh, Jim's going to give everyone communion now. Those of you at home, you have your juice, you have your bread. We're going to receive communion together. What a wonderful subject to receive communion around. The broken, the homeless the prostitute, the liar, the cheat, the person who's stealing televisions, 
out of the big box store? That's ingenious. You need to hook her up, man. She, that's a brilliant mind. I mean, to pull that off, you know what? They're all part of us. We are one body. We are the body of... Christ is not Jesus' last name. <laughs> I need you to hear that. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Jesus, Son of God, died, was buried, and rose again to redeem humanity including those who don't yet know it or don't look like you or smell like you or go to church or any of that which is just not necessary. They're of us. And, and Jesus took bread on that night in which he was going to be betrayed and he, he broke it. He said, this is my body. And so if you're watching, you may have stumbled across us this morning. You don't normally watch. And you're thinking, I'm not, I'm not worthy. I couldn't do that. I couldn't hook up. And this is different as far as a church. This whole thing I've watched this morning. Yeah, well, this is church. This is body. This is community. This is Jesus. And he, he broke his body for you. You're part of us. We're part of you. Grab something right now. Get ready to stick it in your mouth. All right? It's, a pee, it's, a, it's body. Jesus said, take, eat. This is my body. I give it for you. Let's take. See, the beauty of communion is it makes me one with you. Jesus didn't qualify that. He didn't say one with what you believe, one with the church you go to, one with that you believe like Tig or Jeff or Nina or Brooke. Is it Brooke? What's her name? B? It's a, it's a B word. That's all I know. So anyway, it, it, it just doesn't matter. We are one body. I love you. I receive you. Most importantly, Jesus does this morning, and then he took the cup after supper. And he peeled back the little cellophane lid on it. <laughs> yeah, he did. He said, this is my blood. I'm pouring it out for you. And what we really need to hear this morning, and so precious in all that Tyke said is, not poured out for the Christians, not poured out for those who pray the right prayer, not for those who are going to church. He poured it out for all of humanity and said, I'm doing this for you. You now are my body. Let's drink. Well, as we um, prepare to prepare to pray together, I thought maybe uh, part of our prayers today should be for Holy Kicks. And then we have a ministry called bingo we go to the bingo hall i don't know if you know about that and so does so does saint john's and we love on people and it has been some of the greatest ministry we've ever done and uh, so i thought we should pray for both of those i want to give you a testimony we've been praying for jack randolph's heart situation well he had a procedure on friday and um he does have a blockage near the place of his two previous stints but here's the testimony there were a bunch of small veins that have appeared to compensate blood flow to the heart to do the job of the blocked right artery. The doctors were very surprised to see this. So they didn't put in another stent because these blood vessels have appeared and are compensating. Isn't that amazing? Thank you, Lord. We're so grateful for this wonderful testimony. So as we read these other needs here, um, I'm mindful of the song we sang that, you know, he fixes the unfixable, he does the miraculous, you know, he parts the seas. So we want to pray for Fran, who she is in the hospital today, by the way, I don't, uh, because of dehydration, but she's been having some neurological issues, change of medication. Um, 
we want to, I know several people who are, have COVID. We, let's just pray for the people affected by COVID. For a friend of ours, Pastor Zenovia had uh, surgery and they found some abnormal cells. So she needs to go back and find out what that is. Our Bob is not feeling well this morning and not here. For Lynn um, and the bladder cancer he's facing tomorrow, he's, uh, oh, you're going to go see a specialist? Yes, that it would be the right specialist. God's provision for the family as they're dealing with this. And then Dan, who was here earlier, he was a regular attender here for quite some time. Um, we just found out in March, their house burned down and his brother died as a result. And, and they need finances as well. So let's pray for Dan's family and then um, Owings family that, uh, uh, again, friends and ministry friends of ours whose son committed suicide a couple of weeks ago. So we just are going to turn to the Lord for these great big needs. Heavenly Father, I just pray that each of these people find you right smack dab in the middle of what they're dealing with that they experience you. They experience your touch, your healing, your provision, your help, your hope, your wisdom, all, that the, all the answers that they need, that their hearts would be calmed and that their trust in you would, would be alive as they walk this journey with you. And we just want to support them and lift them up and undergird them for the Holy Kicks ministry, for the bingo ministry. Lord, we thank you for opening these doors of opportunity. We thank you for the many, many, many people reached as we uh, have walked. I thank you for this message this morning as I've been inspired uh, to do more. I know for, I'm sure we all have been, what, what, how to notice people. And I thank you for uh, Tig and Kara, Lord, as they walk this walk that they're walking, Lord, that you're blessing and directing their steps literally. We love you, Father, and we put our trust in you afresh this morning in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you. God bless your week. God bless your home. God bless your health. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. We love you.